2: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Now for our story. Tonight in the scattered farmhouses around Wakefield and in the little town itself, there was a bustle of excitement. Young girls pinned flowers in their carefully arranged hair. Young men furiously polished their shoes and mothers and fathers got into their best clothes. All this happy activity was in preparation for the grand opening of the Supper Club, which Lily Devon has been working so hard to get started and for which Aunt Mary Lane had such high hopes as a place the local teenagers might consider their very own. Bill Meade had called for Peggy Douglas, his fiancée, in a brand-new Ford sedan. He was wearing the same dark blue suit he'd had before he went into the Army, and although it was a little snug across the shoulders, Bill looked very handsome in it. Peggy was waiting for him, lovely in a white dance frock with a long, full skirt. Now, as they get into the new car, Bill starts the motor. Listen, Peggy
3: pretty smooth,
0: isn't it? Oh, it sounds
3: wonderful. Oh, boy, it's a to have a decent car again. Mm, Listen to that bird. Sounds
0: fine. Not that I know anything about the insides of a car. Well,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we better get started, huh? We're
0: a little early. you think and
3: will be ready? No, they are. It won't matter. So, is Randy going into that Mary and Oh.
0: Uh-huh.
3: Or he's not taking a girl, Alan? No,
0: I guess not.
3: Well, he probably intends to spend most of his time with Lily anyway.
0: Yeah, I suppose so. But I know she'll be pretty busy. She has to see that everything runs smoothly. And I believe she intends to entertain as well, so she'll have her hands pretty full.
3: Yeah. Hey, I'm really looking forward to this evening, aren't
0: you? Oh, you bet I am.
3: Yeah, i to have a swell time.
0: Well, come kind of to learn, the place looks very nice. Oh, gosh, but I hope it'll be a big success. Well, Mary's had her heart set on this scene for an awfully long time.
3: No, well, I don't see any reason why I shouldn't go over it certainly won't have any competition. There's nothing like it in town.
0: Yeah, I know. Sometimes people get used to the idea of it. <laughs> I talked to Carla on the phone today. Mm-hmm. She was so excited about going.
3: Yeah, I'll bet she was.
0: Well, she told me this is the first dance and Mario have been before we married.
3: No. <laughs> I'll be darned.
0: Well, oh, you know how Mario's always been. He never wanted to go anywhere. At least not anywhere that meant people would be looking at Carla.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: No, but... You and I can help those two a lot. If they need more than anything, it's
3: things. More things. Oh, sure they do. <laughs> it's a good thing Mario got over being mad. I of the guys being sore at me. Especially when it was caused by a crazy gossip. Yes. <laughs> you know, I still can't figure out how a rumor like that got started. Neither can I. It's
0: no use trying to understand it, Joe. Just one of those things that happens.
3: Yeah, I guess so.
0: Somebody makes math handy math Not meaning anything particular about it And then the next person repeats it And adds something of his own Before you know it There's a totally false story going around Being repeated is gospel truth Mm Yeah It's the best thing Not to pay any attention to it Just let it die out by itself And so far as Carl and Marlowe are concerned We don't need to worry about that anymore I sure hope not I
3: like them a nice, simple, down-to-earth kids.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: We can have a lot of fun together, the four of
0: us. Yes. You know, as I said we can help them a lot, too. We take them around with us and get them acquainted with people. I, I think that's what they need. Well.
3: Uh, tonight ought to be a good time to start. <laughs> I imagine everybody in town is old enough to walk or be there. Mm-hmm. Actually, people haven't talked about anything else all day. I
0: know. And, uh, so, let's try to keep an eye on Carl and Mario, okay? shall I mean, to be sure they don't feel lonely or anything.
3: <laughs> and, uh, you're turning into quite a little (laughs) fixer-up.
0: Well, it's just that they may feel side, being around so many strangers all at once. And as you say, everybody in a grutter will be there
1: tonight. Bill reached out and took one of Peggy's small hands in his. The two young people lapsed into a contented silence, happy in their love for each other, and in a useful satisfaction that they might be able to help others to find happiness too. But at that same moment in the bedroom of his big house on 11th Street, Ben Calvert was preparing for the evening's affair. Ben, it was a threat to the happy future Bill and Peggy hoped for.
4: Oh, confounded, Jesse. A lot of foolishness, my climbing into dinner clothes for an affair like this.
2: Now, Ben, don't be cross. After all, you're the most important man in this town. Someone has to carry on the traditions of civilization.
4: Well, if there's anything civilized about a shirt that stiff as a boar, the collar that practically chokes you, and a hot, uncomfortable coat, I'd like to know what it is. <laughs> oh,
2: darling. Stop complaining. You look very handsome.
4: Yeah, I can imagine.
2: Really, you do. You might return the compliment. Huh? You haven't even looked at me.
4: Well, Jesse. You do look striking. <laughs> that dress, if you off just
2: right. Ben, this isn't what you call a dress. It's a gown.
4: Well, what's the difference?
2: You'll understand when you see the bill.
4: Oh, well, does proud, Jesse. Whatever it does.
2: I wanted to be a credit to you, Ben. I thought we should let this town know we're not ashamed. That we're not afraid. Do you really like it?
4: Yeah, you know, very lovely, Jesse. Shoulders like a young girl. Smooth and so
3: white. Yes,
2: he is. Uh, be let my hair. You're very sweet, Ben, but I think you'd better get started, don't you? You have a loop.
4: Very well, I, I suppose we must.
2: But first, there's something I have to tell you. I've been postponing it, but I fear I can't any longer.
4: No? What is it, Jesse?
2: Let's go downstairs, Ben. Are you quite ready?
4: I'm as ready as I'll ever be.
2: Ben, I had a telephone call while you were away. It was from Paul Cromwell in Miami Beach. Cromwell? Uh, yes. It seems that's where Kit is right now.
4: So, that's where she went. It's wild, though. Kit hasn't seen Cromwell since she was in New York several years ago.
2: I wouldn't be too sure about that. I have a feeling they saw each other much more recently. But that doesn't matter now, then. Kit followed Paul to Miami, And the point is, according to him, she's in very bad shape. What? She's ill.
4: Kit ill? Well, what's wrong with her? Did grandma say...
2: Yes, then he did. I don't know how much truth is in it, and... Personally, I'm not inclined to question his story. He's rather a devious character, from what I've heard of him. Or wouldn't he say so?
4: Well, I've never been over to find of him. But for heaven's sake, tell me, Jesse... If Kit's really ill, now. According
2: to Paul, she's had a... well, what you might call a mental breakdown. Good heavens. I was a would be upset then. That's why I rather hated to tell you. On the other hand, I didn't want you to think I'd withhold information about Kit. I mean, in case the story is true. Though, personally, I very much doubt it. It seems to me as if Kit and Miss Cromwell cooked up a scheme with the idea of getting Kit back in your good graces. You must have told him what happened. They both knew you were bound to be washed up with her and that you had a right to be.
4: Yes, Jesse, but that's just supposition on your part. It doesn't sound like Kit to take illness like that, especially that sort of a nose.
2: Doesn't it, then? And yet six months ago, you would have said it didn't sound like Kit to take another woman's child and pawn him off to her father as his own grandson.
4: Well, Sandra, I certainly wouldn't have thought that of
2: him. Well... There you are, then. Kit demonstrated that she'll use every trick in the book to get what she wants from you. And she very nearly succeeded in hiblinging you this last time. Now, having failed, she's simply trying a different tactic.
4: Yes, I suppose you're right. If she'd pulled herself like that before, I wouldn't put anything past her now. She knows I'm angry. No doubt this Cromwell convinced her that if she pretended to be ill, I'd forgive her.
2: Exactly. And you notice she didn't pretend to be physically ill. That's too easy to disprove. But anyone can pretend to be out of his head. And it's usually very hard to prove whether it's faked or genuine. All yeah,
4: right, Jessie. Just another a kid's trick. Well, this is one time she'll not get by with it. She'll have to paddle a lone canoe as best as she can.
1: But Ben Calvert's daughter was gravely ill, and very much in need of proper care. If Ben refuses to come to Kit's aid, what will happen to her? She's out of fun and without friends. Yes, Jesse, you long to see Kit vanish from her father's house, cut off from the financial protection he can give her. And now, at last, you have what you wanted. And yet, Jesse, Ben may change his mind when he thinks things over.